All right. So I, I think we've covered your entire life. We really, you did an amazing job. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel good. Thank you. I really no, do look up. I read about people. I enjoy it. Yeah. We, we, we both love talking to you. Yeah. How about real life? We should try real life again. I think that would be wonderful. Well, well let's, uh, we should hang out. Yeah, uh, I don't know when you are. I live in, I live in Jersey, so I mean, I yeah. I, but I, so you have to tell me when you're in the city. I would come up anyway. Just if you said to me, "Hey, Jules, yeah. come on up," and I go, you know, I don't fear. I think I'm going to come up. Yeah, and I would have come lunch up. or something. All right. I think that would be so cool. I think okay. that would be very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, I, let's make that happen. I'd love that. So would I. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. Julia, this isn't even a show. Julia just does this to meet new people. Welcome to Comedy Centric, your place for all things comedy. Every week, we'll discuss the legends and the people who built the business, the performers, writers, behind the scenes, and stories that you have never heard. So relax, take a load off, and join us for this episode of Comedy Centric. Now the host of your show, nationally headlining comedian, a woman with a wicked sense of humor and a killer Jersey accent, Julia Scotty. Oh, I was grooving. Another opening, another show. Hi, that's Kathy Caldwell. And hi. I'm, hi, I'm Julia Scotty. Uh, you are. Look gotta, at your pretty blouse. What do you have on your blouse there? This, oh, you did oh, a little. Is that a windmill and a flower? It's a flower. No, it's a oh, flower. it's just a flower. Looks like a, a sunflower. This was hand hand embroidered by uh, I don't know somebody somebody's in, hand. Somebody in Vietnam hand embroidered it. <laughs> so how you doing, cat? Luck. Hey, I'm okay. I uh, you know what though? I found myself uh, losing my temper more. Why? Tell me. Well, no, it just happens with age. Like, I was in this store, and the woman, like, didn't wait on me forever. Okay? It's a makeup store. And I'm waiting away. And literally 15 minutes. And so finally my turn comes. And she talked to me for a second, and somebody else came in. And she's like, I'll be right back with you, ma'am. And somebody else came in. And then somebody else came in. I know. And so... You know, as I check out, they're like, well, can I get your email address so I can, or your. She asked so, you or you asked her? Yeah, she, no, I, she asked me. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I said, I get, you know, I give her my, you get, they asked your phone number, your blood type, your last four digits of your, so, you know, all that bullshit. Mm. So I get this text. Hi, it's Aaron from blah, blah, blah. We're having specials. And if you tell them you're with me. You get whatever. And I was having a bad day. Yeah. And I texted Aaron back. And this was early in the morning, so nobody had even pissed me off yet. But I texted her back. I'm like, hey, last time I was in the store, <laughs> you wouldn't give me the time of day. Yeah. And she was like, and she said, well, I'm sorry you felt that way. And then I deleted her. Did you but actually I, have you know, her old... on the, you had her, she was actually texting you back? Yeah, she texted me back. Wow. She said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And, uh, you know, but I'm I not kind of felt change, bad. Yeah, I'm not going to change being an asshole. Yeah. Uh, don't feel and bad. And I never do that. Now we kind of feel bad. So I just don't know. No, I know you. You know who does? <laughs> you know who's notorious for that? My sister. Really? Oh, God. Don't. If you're ever in a restaurant with my sister and the waitress isn't, isn't like waiting on you every single need. My sister will do this. Excuse me. 
excuse me, excuse me. And I'm like, oh, like oh, I want to kill her. I do. I do. No, I, I, I'm just past, like, I'm just like, I don't say anything. I'm just like, okay. And then I just vent or I, you know, I build up. And then, um, and then, then when you text me at eight o'clock in the morning about the specials, I lose my shit. Yeah. Aaron from the Aaron from the store. I'm sorry. Which I, store? <laughs> no, no. I'm not gonna say. But no. I, I'm sorry, Aaron. If for some reason I'm not. I think you did the right this. thing. I think. I don't think I did right. in hindsight. Well, I, I'm, I, I, I try to be a better person, and I felt really but you're shitty not. after. You really are. I'm not. I'm a you're very not. small woman. But I love you anyway. Just, but you're. Thank yeah. You. No, you're not. No, you're not. Thank you. Okay. Hey, how's this? Is enough about me and my. All right. Bitchiness. Um, I uh, I saw all the promotion for the for the big dry bar special. Oh yeah, Scotty Jersey oh, Fresh God. is I, the name of it. Jersey Fresh. They are. It? I gotta I gotta look and see because I've been I now that I know they're putting clips up of it. I'm yeah. checking it like every five minutes. But really? the first, I know I'm so. I'm this so is your insecure. dopamine fix, right? This it is really is. is. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like me, like, like me, like me. There was like some crazy. They put up these two three minute clips, and like within twenty four hours, there was like fifty thousand, sixty five thousand views on it. I know, I know. So it's uh, if you belong the dry bar, thank you. You know, if you don't, That's great. I know it's amazing. I oh, wish well, I, I have uh, to check it out. Yeah, it actually turned out pretty well. I did it a couple of years ago, a year and a half yeah. ago, right after the. Uh, Right after we could go back to work from the pandemic, oh. mm. I had to go out to Provo, Utah, which is was uh, that nice? Beautiful. Did you like that? Oh, it's it's gorgeous. There's no, yeah. you know, it's very white. So let's see, a lot of very very because black people are smart enough to not go there. Or Chinese people, so like, <laughs> yeah. like we're not it's going very back. Mormon, very white. You can't get coffee there. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful area. It's a gorgeous area. How Surrounded beautiful could it mountains. be if you can't get coffee? You had um, to be going crazy. I finally got coffee. I demanded it. I said, you know, get me coffee or I'll, and I'll, then, I'm going like, to hurt somebody. We, and you said, I don't care if you go to hell. You know get who else coffee. is a coffee junkie? And I found out today. <laughs> Our guest. Our guest. Really? Yeah, yeah she is. I, I, I forget where I was. I was, I was looking, reading her stuff. And it said something about being, her being a coffee junkie. So, oh, we uh, got to ask her about. We the well, let's the tell the people who she is. We we have uh, Ophira Eisenberg's on today. You may know her from her PBS uh, radio, P NPR, PBS, ABC radio uh, show called "Ask Me Another." It was very popular. She did it for nine years, and she got a new special out. So we're going to talk to her. Uh, we get some good guests lately. We're really, really doing. Uh doing uh yeah it's fun we have interesting folks yeah it is fun it is fun and, yeah. I, and i hope you guys are people are starting to respond and telling us how much they like it so uh oh, we good. love hearing from you so please uh please tell us if you don't like us and shut the hell up Fifty thousand people have fifty thousand people told us that yet no no you're not getting dry bar we're gonna talk about that one night about the, the people that that troll you that troll us on in social media and this is the happening trolls. with with the dry bar too, it's just, just happening. Just with Aaron, that. Aaron from the cosmetics. yeah, they're all a bunch of errors. But anyway, uh, Ophira's in the green room, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break and uh, a little breaky poo. We're gonna go uh, 
get drunk a little bit. Hey, how's your finger, by the way? Good? Still broken. All right. Okay. All right. Holding up my middle finger for anybody listening on a podcast. I love you. See see you in the near future. We'll be right back. There's a God in heaven. Hi there, everybody. It's me, Julia. Hey, why am I talking to you now? Now, of all times? Uh, because I just, uh, they, my my new special on Dry Bar, uh, Dry Bar Comedy Channel, has just been released. It's called Julia's Got a Jersey Fresh, because that's what I am. I slap myself. That's how fresh I am. So uh, you have to subscribe, though, to get the Dry Bar. Um, and if you do, you get access to, like, I don't know, thousands of other comics, but see my special first, Jersey Fresh. And if you enter my name, Julia Scotty, uh, it's my understanding that you will get a free month of Dry Bar. So um, go. What are you waiting for? Okay, we're back. Did you shut yes, that cat up yet? I can't shut her up. She's driving me insane. She's been sleeping in America. Bed. All right, anyway, let's America. get right into this. Uh, we said we thought, well, Ophir Eisenberg's here tonight. I'm really excited. Uh, so let's first bring her right in. Ophira, there you are. Hello. Hello. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. She, she got a million dollar smile, you do. All right. Oh, so I've only met you twice. Right. I've only met you twice in the past. Uh, once was true at the Gre- Greenwich Village Comedy Club. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Um, but that, no, no, you don't. Don't lie to me. Yes, I do. 2019 really okay yeah yeah, yeah, and the other time was uh with carol that's right yeah virtually you you were on our yeah virtually and so welcome carol montgomery carol montgomery yes yes Uh, yeah so all right so let's get right to you i didn't know you were canadian but now you're not canadian Right. I did become an American citizen just over a year ago. I really put it off <laughs> for a long time. I don't blame you. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking yeah, about honestly, that before. Go ahead. <laughs> With the exception of voting, which is important, increasingly important, I would say. Actually, it was always important, but I say increasingly important because I live in New York and, you know, there's a bad, lazy thing that happens here, which is if you're sort of voting the way everybody else votes here, everyone's like, eh. But then, you know, every vote Then counts. it happened. Then it happened. It so, happened. Uh, but from every other point of view, there wasn't a great incentive for me to become I, a citizen. I can understand. It's, the tax rules are worse as if you're an American citizen. Yeah. But you have because dual. Don't you still have dual? I do, yeah. So, But as an American citizen, if I make money in any other country in the world, I have to pay both taxes, taxes there and taxes in America. America and one, I think one or two other countries in the world are the only countries that do this. For the most part, if you... <laughs> So, and I, I don't mean to be, I mean, because it's what it, I mean, being a citizen, but so what made you finally? Uh, well, I have a, a couple things. I have a child. Okay. So it just felt like I should, we should all have the same citizenship. Yeah. Why is, is one mommy thing. getting deported? 
Yeah, <laughs> although I got him Canada. Canadian citizenship as soon as I could. So, yeah. I mean, he, because he was born to me, uh, he became a Canadian. But then I went further and got him his passport and everything squared up since it is his right. He did not appreciate that as his second birthday present, I will tell you right now. Well, for what, yeah, from two years old, getting a passport is not going <laughs> to, unless it's made out of chocolate. Yeah, right, or <laughs> yeah. like talks to him. Hi, I'm a passport. So you do, you, um, you have both citizenships. That's good. Yeah, there was like, you know, right before, right before the pandemic, there was a little bit of a, a Twitter, as one might say, in the green card community that was like, how secure do you think your green card is? Do you right. think if you travel uh, under this current administration, you'll always be able to get back into the country without issue? And that scared me. And I thought, I'm not even sure. Scary, I could have got back. It was a scary time. Country. Yeah, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Well, the exactly. reason I ask about the dual citizenship is I was, yeah, I, I was thinking I think I might qualify for Italian citizenship. <clears throat> I, you know, I do, Kath. You shake. Really? I do. I checked into it. Yeah, it's expensive to do, but I have. I'm like, you know, second generation here and I can. Uh, oh, do it. I know. I know. I'd do love it. to gather go all the passports you can. <laughs> gather ye passports while ye can. <laughs> all right. Enough about enough about passports. You uh, 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 let's. Uh, OK, so you get to New York. Why didn't you go to L.A. if you were going to be a comic? Good <clears throat> question. Well, that's I mean, let's say this. Let's just say this. Okay. Do people you say go to it. L.A. to be a comic? Would I? Yeah. No. Well, That's... she said, do people go to L.A.? Oh. Because I think people go to L.A. to be an actor or writer. But doing stand-up there is not like doing it in New York. Because all the L.A. comics complain that there's just not the same amount of venues and clubs. But the truth is, I never had L.A. on my horizon. I grew up in Calgary. I watched Sesame Street. I was looking at those apartments going, where is that? I want to live there. Honest to God. I remember thinking like, I want to sit on <clears throat> stairs in front of an apartment with a bunch of friends and talk and like apartments. I wanted an apartment. I didn't know I was like downgrading. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Calgary is, were you in the suburbs? Is that, I don't know much about Calgary. It's sort of, yeah. Of all suburbs. That's on the I west coast. West coast. Where is it's, that? Yeah, it's right above um, Washington and Montana. So it's okay. So it's way it's out. There. Over. Yeah, it's way out there, uh, but landlocked. And it's you know the Rocky Mountains on the side. So there's a lot of skiing, and that's about an hour away. So it was a very rednecky, oil-based loggers, and then you know big business with oil, obviously. So, but so you didn't do stand up there. No, Were you doing stand-up there? So you no. came here a comedy virgin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did stand-up in Toronto because I started there. Um, and, yeah, and everyone just kept talking about New York. Wow. Everyone kept talking about New York, kind of as this place, you know, because Toronto always sees itself in the shadow of yes. New York in a way. <clears throat> it's supposed to be Chicago, but it sees itself in the shadow of New York. 
I dug Toronto. I, I never worked. Yeah. I worked there once, but I, I it's a great city. I, I like it oh, a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all Canadian. I love all the Canadian cities. I've been to almost every major Canadian city. There's, you know, basically 12 major Canadian cities and they're all great, but they all have poor self-esteem. <laughs> do you get back much? Do you go? Do you, do you go? I to, haven't been uh, for a while, but I've okay. uh, I family in Vancouver and Victoria, so I've been, I went out there a couple times, and I'm about to go to Calgary. Who, who do you years. think has the poorest self esteem of all the cities? <laughs> so Calgary has pretty poor self esteem because it is okay. like it is like the the jock that no one thinks is that good looking because it's like super rich <laughs> it's super rich it's got a lot to offer because it's big business people make a lot of money and then there's the skiing and whatever it's very cold uh the, the olympics were there you know right. the winter olympics were there it's got some decent sports teams but it feels unappreciated so it's sort of whiny like new jersey <laughs> It's kind of like the New Jersey of Canada. Yeah, yeah. right. With without the toughness, like I don't think it has the same. Like New That's Jersey true. always has like a little bit of a like maybe you, you might punch me. Actually, you know what? I think someone in Calgary might punch me. So no I one take would it back. punch you. <laughs> I'll, I'll they punch you, you. They'd have to come through us first. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. I, no, if you're counting on me to defend you, you're a dead woman because <laughs> I can't even climb stairs anymore. But let me she so you all on them. <laughs> did you do radio up there? Up there. Look at this. Like like up yeah, there. Yeah, but you can up say there. up there. That's fine. I actually <laughs> when I so I went to all of college there, university as we call it. And I did college radio. In, so in I, Calgary or in Toronto? In Calgary, in both actually. So in Montreal. So I I, I know so many cities. Uh, I went to the, my first year of university in Calgary, and then I switched to McGill after that first year uh, in Montreal. So then I moved okay. to Montreal. But but basically, I walked into the radio station. You know, you're like part of college. You're like, where do I belong? And I walked into the radio station, and I was like, oh, I, these are the people that I want to be friends with. And so I asked to do a radio show. And when you start off in college radio, I, I assume it's still the same. Like you don't get the rock show or the indie show or the new wave show. Or like you don't get what the cool show. Yeah, you yeah. get what you like, what they need. So the, yeah. what do they always need? They need like the 20th century classical show. That, that's got to Yeah, or the Peruvian historical society show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polka? So, <laughs> I ended up doing uh, a jazz show from um, six to eight in the morning. See, now that would be, I would love to have done that. I'm a jazz. It was great. Yeah. So what I would do, there was a record library, like with records. So I go and I would grab uh, John Cole, Coltrane's Love Supreme. And I would put that on. And I know that it was like, that's a nine to 12 minute song. <laughs> And I would use that time to collect everything I was going to play. It's the stairway to heaven of jazz songs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, but do you did you have a, did you have a sexy jazz voice that you did good old jazz? But what it's the voice of music. Do you not find this a, to be a sexy jazz voice? No, it's a, I. Uh, <laughs> I did smooth right. jazz for a while. I can barely so, catch right? my breath. No, but you know that sort of that sort of Allison Steele. 
Yeah, Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, no. totally. No, I was no. just, I was like, hey, everybody. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the jazz show. <laughs> it was called, uh, it had a name. I named it. What was it? It was called Chill Until Firm. Oh, I like that. And uh, I took it from uh, Jello Instructions. Yeah. <laughs> we should have called that, called this show that. That would. Where were you when we needed a title for this show? <laughs> That's a great title. Uh, so, all right. So you come here to the city, to New York. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, do you know anybody? I mean, do you just go? Yeah, I know. I knew, uh, I knew one person. I knew one person, but it was someone I grew up with. It was a friend that I grew up with who moved here to be a fashion designer. And she was pretty successful. And she, um, yeah, she let me crash, I say, because I was truly crashing with her on her, you know, couch, futon couch in the living room uh, of a basement. Was it an apartment? I'll call it a dwelling of her basement dwelling. Hostel. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. that was that was huge. That was huge. I don't think I could have done it any other way because I didn't have any money, and I not a trust fund kid, and I didn't have parental support. <laughs> what was your degree? I came here like well, an idiot. Oh, cultural anthropology. Oh, sure. Yeah, this is the job yeah, offer for big yeah, right, exactly. money there. So you yeah. tell your parents, "I'm going to New York to do what? Yep. Be a comic?" Yeah. And what was their response? Well, so just it would be just my mother, and um, I'm the youngest of six, and I think at that point, so there was just there was just a little bit of you, when you're the youngest, you just get away with more because they've seen it all a little bit. So it's like whatever. And yeah. also, I had already at at 17, I told my mother that I was going to travel to Australia for a year alone. Actually, I told her that at 16. And she forbid me, and I went. I saved up my own money, and I went. You went to Australia for a year? Yeah. Good look at you. So at I think you. by that point, she was like, I can't really tell you what to do. <laughs> okay, so so you get here. I mean, on the flight here, are you scratching out on, on paper what you're going to do? Because you're like, you're like that girl. Um, you're like Marlo Thomas and I, here. And I wasn't that young, though, either. I was like, I was almost 30. So I didn't come here. I was the same. I'm still naive. Can I tell you something? I'm still like the biggest naive idiot on the planet. You want someone to play a practical joke on? I'm sitting here, right here. I'm uh, the perfect candidate. It's good to let the public know that because <laughs> that's good. Like, the workers are be very sympathetic to you. I'm so ridiculous. So, so yeah, I just came here with like it's all going to work out. I, uh, I, you know, I through you know what I did. I called up a bunch of comedy clubs and said, "Oh, I'm just in from I I moved here from Canada and let me know when I can." play on your stage basically and they were all like With no material well i'd done some stand-up in toronto so i i okay. had done yeah. some stand-up yeah and so uh but they didn't care <laughs> they they put me in touch with something i didn't i'd never heard of in canada which was the new talent night which was a bringer show you know shows where you, if you right. want to get up on stage you got to bring 10 people and at the time uh it was the boston comedy club that w was you know and down the village not in Boston. Yeah. yeah <laughs> down in the village. Yeah. Wow. That was a while ago then. That was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. 2001. 
Wow. Okay. Uh, that said to me, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, you can do a spot on a whatever Wednesday night. I was so excited. I was like, this is amazing. Everyone else basically said no. Or, you know, put me in touch with someone that said, okay, can you bring 10 people? And I was like, I just moved here. I don't know anyone. And so, uh, but Boston Comedy Club just said, yeah, you want to do like next Wednesday? And I was like, yeah, great. I was so excited. And then um, as that approached, I got a call the morning of, or I, I believe saying, hey, you don't have any reservations. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, you have to bring five people. And I was like, I didn't know that. I don't know anyone. And they're like, well, either you bring five people or you can't go on. So my fashion designer friend had a store. And so I retail, a retail store. So I um, hung out in that store and asked every single person that came to shop if they would come to my comedy show. And one, two people said yes and said they would bring a friend. One person still is my friend. And she just happened to be uh, in town staying with her cousin, Liz Winstead. No. See, I hate stories like this. This <laughs> happens. Every fucking guest we have on this show has a story like that. Me, I, I worked in the, I grew up across the river in Germany, in New York every night. I never met anybody. That's yeah. amazing. Liz, yeah, so I, I, met Liz. I used to know Liz. Yeah, but uh, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, so I met her. That was very cool. Anyways, we, we go, I go to the show my this two people that I basically barked in from a retail establishment showed up. One of them had a friend, three people. And uh, I was like, great, this will be fine, right? They're, they'll be reasonable. I got three out of the five. They'll be reasonable. And they said, no, you unless you get five people, you're not going on that stage. And I was like, but my these people that I asked to come, they already bought drinks and stuff. And they're wow. like, you will not go on that stage. So I looked where they were marking people down, how many people came, and I waited till they put that clipboard down. It was just pen and paper. <laughs> and I ran over and I marked, I marked like four people. Of course, I lied big. So I just got Moxie. You got Moxie. Wow. And then I got <laughs> on stage. And how did the show go? Just okay. <laughs> That's like, We had Jeanette Barber on last week, and she kept every show she did, she said she, it sucked. That's a, <laughs> every show not good. Yeah, you're supposed to suck when you're But you but you didn't give up. You kept I know I'm you, such an idiot that way. Got stubborn. <laughs> stubborn. And then it becomes this like, you know, I I never really did this with um dating, but it just got like, why? Why won't this work? So frustrating. <laughs> why won't this work? I gotta figure out why this doesn't work. Yeah. I think we all have that that experience in one way or another. We we all had that. Uh, by the way, uh, Kathy, if you don't know who Liz Winstead is, she was the she, creator of yeah. of uh, the Daily Show on Comedy Central. Okay. She, she yeah. invented it. So she did. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah. So meeting her was fortuitous. No, it was amazing, and she was working home. on a million different things. Um, yeah. So and you know she started. Uh, this whole collective of people that are doing comedy and raising awareness about, you know, how to get the, basically how to um, support abortion rights and, 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 yeah. and body rights for women. There's a podcast called feminist buzzkill. So there you go. She's still doing it or is it? Still, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good, good oh, nice. I like Liz. She was, uh, uh, I knew her back in the day <clears throat> when in the 1980s, mid eighties, uh, I was president of the 
professional comedians associations and she was involved with 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 the organization too oh wow so that's how we got to know her yeah 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 all right so you get you get here and and you're being you're just breaking down whatever you want you're getting on you want. i guess so yeah and then there was also like there was a lot of little rooms in it was like the beginning or maybe the middle i don't even know of what was considered the downtown scene so there was lots of little rooms and bars right with good comics it's changed a lot now it's brooklyn everybody's uh yeah everybody's in brooklyn i hated those bringer shows well i didn't have to do that when i when i started there were the three major clubs and uh you know you, you had to pass auditions to get yeah. in them but you didn't have to bring people and that and i when I heard that was start, it was just oh. starting when I left New York, and I was like, "God, damn it, that's that's horrible. It's not hard Brutal. enough for a comic. You're making it." I remember out. taking uh, buses, like to support friends. Would take would like get a bus and would take no. people up. Yeah, uh, we did that with a few people. Uh, J John Kensel was up there. Um, anyway, in but, New York, but, yeah, yeah, at Caroline's, I remember. Yeah, it's it's I a mean, horrible. I, I did many more of them as things move forward because then it was like you needed a good tape of yourself. This is right. before we could all just record ourselves on our phones. Uh, it's amazing, and yeah. and you would pay you'd pay dear money for this big VHS tape of and your, copies. And copies. <laughs> yeah, and, you had to get and, copies too. And sometimes you would like sit down with the go over and sit down and I don't know, work with them on it. It was the whole thing. was It was a, it was racket. a nightmare. It, it was, was a racket. racket. Well, even getting headshots, we used to have to send our, oh. the master shot down to North Carolina. There was an ABC photo. I think. Yes. Was the name of it. Right. Yes. That was right. That's that. the one. Oh. And you'd order like 150 of them. hundred. I, I think I still have 99 of them. <laughs> I, I have just threw out. I though. ordered 500. I just threw out literally I got 350, <laughs> 400 right in the trash. Yeah, yeah. That, that, most of the photos that uh, there was a documentary in my life, but most of the photos that Susan used came from ABC Photo. That they're old headshots. You know? uh, yeah, great. So. so, any are any of your other siblings in the business or no, not at all. No, okay. So you're no, the only they're one. all they're all six. very funny. Yeah, they're very funny. Okay. And when I'm around them, I barely speak because there is no room. There still is no room. Uh, and I think they find me very serious. I, I, I just, yeah. Uh, so, and, and they're not like a laugh a minute, but they, they all are very funny. There's a lot of sarcasm. There's a lot of um, storytelling for sure. And yeah, my, I have a brother who definitely doesn't know. He like, he loves to take things too far. Like that's his idea yeah. Oh of yeah, a joke. But I think the, the seat of it, as I get older, I learned that the seat of everything, like the baseline where they're all coming from, is uh, intense anger. <laughs> That's funny you use that word because I was watching you today. I was watching your special, and yeah, and what I I was trying to describe it to myself because I wanted to talk to you about it. And there's a gentle intensity about you. Aw, yeah. thanks. Like anger, like simmering fury. It's, yeah, it's it, but it's not it's not mean spirited, no. but it is intense. It's gentle. It's it. I can't. That's the best way I could think of to describe it. Uh, it's very funny. By I, the love way. You're, I love well, that. I love that. You can. I'm, I'm writing that down. Write it Gentle, down. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm writing it down. Julia Scotty says. I'm totally yeah. saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you. No. I well, thank have, you. 
<laughs> Thank you for watching the special. It, I, it was so, I want to watch uh, the rest of it. It's very funny. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah it was. Been... Uh, it, it was. Called, it's called plant-based jokes. Uh, although I am, it, I I love that phrase. I am not. It, some people are like, oh, is it going to be all things about uh, a diet? No, I just love that phrase. <laughs> I didn't see anything in there about being a vegan or anything like that. I, no. Are you no. a vegan? I'm not. No. Okay. okay. Would you like? I mean, to be? I guess I should be because I actually I recently posted a benefit for um you know like most things the bettering the world and the, they basically said do you want to do something about it either you get fly yourself over to you know the sumatran rainforests and start fighting the fight or eat a plant-based diet you know what i'm doing those were the I'm only two the... options wait a minute let me, tell, money. let me tell her what i'm doing i'm using bamboo toilet paper how is that very good yeah it's very good yeah and i'm using compostable garbage bags yes um, i know those are amazing i love the way they feel frankly they feel right don't they feel good i'd like i wish clothing like was silky. made yeah they are. <laughs> i would i would fist bump you but i did not i would knock the computer off the... stop shut up already with this cat i'm so sorry about her she normally isn't like this She's like that all the time. Oh. <laughs> That's every cat owner. Actually, people do. I do that with my child. Like he acts out. I'm like, usually he's such a, and you can tell everyone's looking at you like, your no, child doesn't rub along Bullshit your lady. <laughs> no, she slept all day. She's all freaking day. And now she's hungry, yeah. hungry and no, attention, she got right? better already. She's just, no, just attention, right? All right. Yeah. Do you have any so pets? Figure up. They're just, uh, just I'll, I'll say the saddest thing. I used to. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> the way it is. I think it's Tom Papa. Is it Tom Papa who has a joke right now? I'm pretty sure about like, I've been married four and a half dogs. I nearly <laughs> fell on the floor. That's a great, <laughs> great joke. <laughs> so let's talk about Ask Me Another. Uh, great. How, how did you How did you land that? I landed that. So it's it's over. Just so you know. Yes, I know that. I know yes, that. It's I, is okay. it just, so you don't want to talk about it? We can. No, I'm fine oh, with I... talking about it. Are you kidding? It was nine years of my I know. Life. I didn't think you'd yeah. be sad about it. No, I mean I am a little sad about it because I think I'm it would have been. I think it. Way to go, Julia. <laughs> sorry. I think, I think it would have had a good post-pandemic life, but that I wasn't in charge of making that money decision. So. Uh, I landed that weirdly. I think I was in the one and only audition that NPR ever had for anything. They put together this idea. Uh, you know, they had a lot, they have a lot of quiz like shows. And then they just, obviously they're, I, I say, obviously, I think it's obvious that a lot of their listeners love puzzles and crosswords yeah. and mind games not like I play mind games, like my the games for your no, mind. real mind games, yeah, that require <laughs> mind your games. mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so they thought, like, oh, what if we emulated the pub trivia night, but on a you know much more professional curated level? So that was the idea behind it. So they had this idea, and then they were like, we want a host who's funny, but a ringmaster basically, and they didn't know where to look, so they were auditioning people. What was and the audition like? was, did you, How did you? They uh, gave me some scripts. Yeah, they gave me some yeah. scripts of games, and I just ran okay. the games in the room to a couple people that were friends uh, who were fake contestants. Yeah, it was, a, that, I mean, even the audition was a bringer. 
<laughs> Jesus. Everything. Did you, you have did, a friend? Did you know? You did you know you nailed it? Um, after you, I did. Yeah, okay. I. You know, I put a lot of work in, and I put a lot of effort into it because when I saw what they wanted, I, as someone who does stand up and I host a lot, I, and I don't. It's a partially because of that gentle intensity. And, you know, just if you have a, a sort of buoyancy about your act, you're often see if you can host. People love. And I would host, too, because uh, I would take as much hosting jobs as I could in the beginning because it was a way to work. You could work. Yeah, but it was also a way to network for you, too. way to network, yes. Yeah, so some of the people. I just, were... Yeah, Go so ahead. I just saw what they were asking for, and I was just like, this is not hard for me and I never felt like that did ever did you ever think about moving like maybe to a tv game show host or something I like would that love really that. oh yeah oh yeah do you have an agent yep yeah okay. clearly not doing his job yeah. if you're listening <laughs> well have you have you pitched that to him sure and what does he say he says Great idea. Oh, I hate when they do that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've pitched some game shows. Uh, I don't think I've pitched like the the new game, but I would do that if if I could. I I love that world uh, because I think what I found hosting a game show forever is that a good game show isn't about the game. That's what I yeah. think. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, you know, Jeopardy. It without Alex yes. Trebek is just a game, you know. It's very him, different. Yeah, yeah, very, very different. It, very different, you, yeah. You become an, attached to those people, you know. Uh, and I could and, see how people would be attached to you oh, with your course. gentle you intensity. Yeah, you know. There, there is a whole thing about authority, too, with game shows. I mean, there is with stand-up. I think we can agree, like, a lot of your job is, of a stand-up is establishing that you have authority on that mm -hmm. stage which can be an uphill climb. I think it was for me as a woman because it took me a long time to kind of try to grasp that and um, and decide that I even deserved it. Cool. Uh, but as a game show, like a, a lot of a lot of men don't love that was all of our criticism in the beginning of Ask Me Another that it was all men saying how much they didn't like me for more than just my, you know, not being great at the job yet or whatever they thought it was because there's now the, there's a woman who has all of the answers. It's really hard on society, which is why I love it. Well, they, they, uh, I, I remember, um, I was a fan of wait, wait, don't tell me back in the day. And I used to listen yeah. faith, faithfully and they put you, didn't they put you right, right on be, after or right before it or right before, on after that's correct. Right yep. after it. Right. And I remember, yep. I think maybe it was like your first show. That and, and I and I thought this is a cool idea, and I yeah, love that yeah. right right out of the box. I I enjoyed the show, but you did it at the Bell House, right in Brooklyn. That's right, exactly. Well, I know that because that's where Carol uh, Montgomery and I we taped her special oh, yeah. there. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool place. It is a very cool place. Yeah, it's a very cool in Gowanus section of Brooklyn. Gowanus. You just oh, Gowanus. like saying that. It's a fun name to say. It's an it Indian is a fun name, name, I think, right? So, all right. So you're nine years, and then uh, uh, it goes away, and now you're now you're doing a you're doing a podcast. 
and I'm doing another podcast. Um, yeah, all I keep trying. I don't know. Maybe these are invisible forces, but I did feel like you know the rebellious part of me that what I loved about the game show was um, constantly shoving down people's throats that there was a woman in charge uh, who had the answers and they didn't. <laughs> Even if they were on a sheet. And then, now this one is called, it's on iHeart. It's with iHeart um, Radio and Pretty Good Friends. And it's called Parenting is a Joke. Because... Great title, by the way. Another great title. Oh, thanks. That one That one took a long time uh, to come up with, honestly. Oh, my God. Pages and pages and pages of failed names. And, you know, part of the thing was when I became a parent, which is now just seven years ago, I was looking for something intelligent and funny and not like complainy. And I didn't want advice and I didn't want expertise. I wanted something that spoke to my experience, but was, was talking about it like in a way that maybe a bunch of standups would. So I created it. So in this podcast, which at some point I would love to have you on, but anyways, that's I'd the love to be discussion. on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I talked to stand-ups. We just started. We episode uh, seven released to, today, and we talk. I talked to stand-ups about their careers, and then you know how having a kid has fit into it, or been a challenge with with it, or how that has impacted their creative world and what they talk about and what they do. I mean, it's really impacted so far, from what I can tell, what work they do. Some people are making radical turns. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, you know, and well, we can get into that when I'm on the, when I'm on yeah. the, but the, the, the material in your special about your kid, it's a boy, right? Is it a boy? Yeah. The little boy. Yeah. yeah. Just had me on the floor laughing. It's just during COVID, <laughs> the stuff you were doing during COVID. Oh my God, COVID. <laughs> this, it's like, I mean, if, right. At, coming out of COVID too, I was really happy that this podcast happened because every parent I knew especially with little kids but even teenagers just oh, even worse. was broken was just yeah. broken through the pandemic yeah except for if you lived in the parts of the country where there was no covid where was there no covid in the country <laughs> oh, the... all kinds of places huh? florida i'm told there was no oh COVID. yeah really oh yeah, yeah. that's right they it's like it's like passover they just uh, <laughs> the lord the lord smiled upon uh, florida that's right. Holy, just who was it that told me today that they were welding the doors in China? They wouldn't let these people out of their homes. Is oh that true? God. That they I can't think. I I would hate to think that's true. I want to believe that is uh, just some sort of you know yeah way to. Uh, it sounds good though. It sounds Exotic good. It sounds like we should spread yeah. that rumor. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we need. More racism. Let's work on it. <laughs> no, no. Let's ramp it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, you got so many things that I want to talk about the moth because um. Oh yeah. I, I love you. You really are a consummate storyteller. Watching watching the special, you really that really comes across. And what's wonderful about you is that you, is is the way you construct you you. You follow the rules of story writing and you build that intensity, you climax and then you resolve it. And it's, I don't mean you climax, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, the story climaxes, not you. That would make <laughs> the, the story yeah. a lot more interesting if you climax. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm saying. I, would, I would play, I would play more clubs for <laughs> sure. 
wait, here it comes. Uh, <laughs> but no, you really are a, a wonderful, wonderful storyteller. Um, talk about that a little bit because I, it's okay. comics don't do that as much as they should, I think. Yeah, you know, when I'm so when I moved to New York, the style of what people were doing on stage that was getting a lot of like positive industry feedback was very it was jokes. It was almost like one-liners. A little like Mitch Hedberg, I think, was on the uh, tail end of that as being a very popular comic, but just it was very joke-driven. And the stuff I had been working on in Canada was much more story-driven. And so I felt, um, yeah, I felt really out of it. I felt like I was writing the wrong stuff. I even had weird backhanded comp backhanded compliments, backhanded insults, I'm not sure, from bookers saying like, well, you know, your your style's a little too conversational. Or they would just say the storytelling was actually, now I feel like I'm just saying this all the time. So, but anyway, that's how this discussion is going. They would say that my style as as a storytelling style was very too female. Uh, the old like, could you write more like a man, which meant more jokey? Yeah, I well, let me. Uh, that's you bring up know. a that, that's a crossroads in every comics uh, career, I think, male or female. I know because I've lived with both tribes, as you know. I'm, I'm yeah. You know, so even when I was coming up and I was developing right around year uh, eight or nine, and I was starting to find my voice, but I was like you, I love telling stories, not to the extent that you do. I you know build jokes into them, but. But um, I always felt like I wish I could have been like those other guys. <laughs> Clearly, that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't right. going to be the case. But right. that jokey stuff, and I feel like I lost a lot of TV back then because of what you're saying. I, the jokey joke stuff. And, go ahead, they Kat. were going for laughs per minute. I mean, if you know, I, I think they were sitting in the yeah. back with a stopwatch going. Yeah, oh, they, you only had literally you know, they were yeah. five laughs per, and literally they're like, if you didn't have thirteen laughs per minute, you weren't, you know, or ten, I think it was. Right, ten laughs. We per had minute. to do that for America's Got Talent. They were yeah. Did they you? gave me ninety seconds, and she and I would sit. We, I mean, we went over my act and and just chopped the shit out of right. it just to get you know just to get those jokey jokes in there. Mm -hmm. um, and yes. I hated that. But but you knew what you were going to do and who you were. Yeah, you know, not know your know. audience. That's what it comes yeah. down mm -hmm. to, right? right. But so and so at the same time, strangely, and I don't know if this was, it all makes sense in hindsight. You know, the Moth was the storytelling organization. wasn't looking for stand-ups per se. Anyone could get up there on a their open mic night and tell a five minutes true story from their life. That was the whole premise. And it wasn't a podcast yet, and it wasn't a radio show or a book or anything. It was just a live show at the New Yorkian Poetry Cafe in the Lower East Side. Um, and they, I, I just went to it, and I saw a very different crowd there because it was writers and artists and people that worked in all types of uh, angles of entertainment. And I just thought, oh, this is really cool. And no one was making money at storytelling. It was literally just like, hey, this is a cool thing that's happening. There was no ladder. There was no progression. Like, there was nothing. And so, and you put your name in the hat. Did you work from notes? Did you, were you able to go up on the show? No, you're not allowed to do No notes. notes. Wow. No. Yeah. So, um I, so I had a few things that I thought would work. And so I would go to this. It was, I believe, monthly. And I would go and I ended up hanging out with a lot of people 
from that world that are still some of my closest friends. And uh, I just loved it. And then they were expanding and they needed hosts. They needed hosts and they needed people with those chops. And one of the producers was like, oh, you you know kind of what you're doing on stage. Do you want to try hosting? Yeah. Then I started hosting for them as well. Did did you find a lot of your stuff was comedy based or was funny or yeah yeah the first story that I did for them for their uh, main stage that ended up being on their radio show was a super sad tragic story that I had that I'd written that I'd worked on that I was maybe thinking like oh one day this will be part of a solo show or something. And then I brought it to them and they were like, this is, you know, this is the story what we want to do. So it was really interesting being like doing that. That was the story. Someone who's stand up and, you know, is trying to make their way of being funny. And the first thing that gets out there from this organization that is just beloved uh, was, ex- was a tragic story. Wow. Okay. So you didn't twist it into funny. I mean, it, it was... Well, no, I mean there's a couple there's a couple uh, lighter moments in it, but it, it's it's from um, surviving a terrible car accident when I was a kid. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, do you believe um, that that's that it's possible? Like I'm I'm going through something personally right now, but the yeah. person that I'm going through it with, we we actually talked today about letting me use what this person's going through in my act because we were just laughing about it. Oh yeah. Uh, you know the dark, that really dark black humor that you just go, you just go there. But we were dying in the car, laughing our asses off over it. Yeah. Do you believe that that's possible to to transfer I that to do. a club? I to a club. I don't know. Or a I mean, theater. I, I think a theater. Uh, I think the best stuff is that. That's what I want to see. I, that's honestly what I want to see. Me too. I yeah. I want to see like the kind of the the most rawest moments of the human condition uh told to me and then also the catharsis of the humor that goes with that well that's that the really art of storytelling though yeah but, yeah that's that really, the art of storytelling that really really appeals to me and you know i'm actually trying to do something like that right now with what i'm working on um and it's uh yeah it's daunting because it's a much bigger responsibility because I think when you're telling jokes about you know dating relationships all stuff that I'm just it's still meaningful but I'm going to say it's sort of on the surface yeah you know it's a different responsibility when you're talking about life death illness disease like really stuff that is uh, the heaviest part of the human condition I feel like it, you you have to you can't just chop up your audience and then say good night <laughs> Yeah, there are triggers, and you can't trigger someone. Why not? Why can't you do that? You gotta, you gotta bring them somewhere. Like there has to be a point to it. Well, for me, it was uh, you know approaching originally uh, approaching the transgender experience for for a a cisgender world, which I'm doing, and you know, and I and I you know, little by little, I've been going deeper and deeper into that experience. You know, I don't want to. I don't want it to be the, the the bulk of my act, you know, but it certainly has grown in size, and the people are responding to it, you know, which is great. Um, but this is this thing I'm talking about is a whole different level. It's 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 down that way down deep in that dark dark place, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I also think even with you know the parenting stuff we're talking I'm talking about with people, there is we're at a 
place right now, I think, where uh, there's a lot less judgment on people's experiences and there's a lot of currency be, uh, put on being vulnerable and speaking what's real for you. And I, I think it's like a good time in some ways to explore that stuff and not feel as maybe judged in the past or uh, I don't want people to think I'm, you know, I, like I'm disservice or we shouldn't talk about this stuff because it's so too scary. I think like we're in a, a bit of a moment of that. Okay, but you get, all right, but here's the here's the dilemma for us as comics. Sure. You, get, okay. you get booked at an Elks Club in Paramus. Right. You know, and, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the reality of what we yeah. do. We can't all oh, be yeah. artists, you know, working yeah. some some theater in Soho. So well, you it, might die you, on that yeah. at the Elks Club. Oh, okay. As long might... as I understand what Yeah. Oh God, no. No. What no, could no. happen? I feel no, it's different venues. I I think I mean, you know, I I think my first boyfriend in comedy, who was an improviser. I tried never to date a stand-up, but I did date some improvisers. Is that worse? Who knows? Uh but he said uh he goes there was there's only two funny things in all of comedy, you know, he wasn't making this up, but he's saying sex and death. And I believe that is true. That is true. I mean, you know, I guess you could say there's a few other things. But really, that's that's what it all is. And I think I think I, I, I think we've just veered so we love just taking there's so much stand up out there and so much of it is uh, so much of it is just kind of bullshitty. But the really good ones, I feel like that's it's deep and dark and Kind of brutal. I agree with you, and 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 I also agree with you that there's so much stand up out there, and because there's so many different outlets for it now, you know, social yeah. media and, and whatnot, that we are now it's it's kind of a bonus for us as comics because we can we can now find our audience, and our audience can now find us, and it's good and bad because if they get to used to one type of comedy. It's like politics; if you only listen to one one point yeah. of view. That's you're gonna at some point. That's all you want to hear, and that's that's not the way it should be. Right, you know? and there is a huge problem right now with comedy with that about what you know people throwing their political views on stage, and the audience can't handle it, or they don't want to handle it, and there's a lot of pressure there. So that that is the other side of like, oh god. But Elks, if you, I believe I played the Elks Club in Paramus, by the way. Uh, How do they so pay? I, I picture it. <laughs> I think it was three hundred bucks. <laughs> well, I just did a place, and I won't say where, but it was it was out in, out in Queens somewhere, and it was a very uh, blue collar neighborhood, yeah. you know. And, uh, and I and I, I I assume I always assume that whoever's booking me knows who and what I am. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's a presumption I should I'd have to get rid of, you know. Uh, right. Be well, actually, you get out there, and the booker says, "Oh, yeah, they know all about you, and they they love you." And I'm like, "Okay, so so then I go into well, in case you didn't know this, I'm transgender, and you know, it's like it's the scene from the producers where where the Nazis come goose stepping, <laughs> just pan across the audience. It's that, and uh, you know, it's not going to stop me, but it's I feel like I need to be I need to be in front of those audiences. They need to hear what I'm saying." More than yes, more than the lovable, you know, we love you because you're trans audience, you know. And do you feel that way? That oh, we do yeah, that? yeah, absolutely. No, and I saw a gr uh, one of my favorite examples of this recently, and I'm gonna mess up her name, 
but Marsha War War Warfield. I can't remember. Yes, Marcia Warfield. Warfield? Oh, oh yes, yes, she's oh yeah. She's fantastic. So I was yeah. in who if if your listeners don't know, she played on Night Court, she played right. Roz. Right. And so I was in Vegas and she was uh, part of the lineup at the comedy cellar in Vegas. And she, you know, came out and d- did a couple of very, first of all, she comes out to wild applause because everyone recognizes her from right. television and they lose their mind. And so she's gained a lot of love from the audience. And then she does a couple of very funny bits about eating and, and Vegas and some fun stuff that everyone's on board. And then she starts talking about coming out um a, later in life and also about what happens when in a racist um, america you start uh, teaching uh your black kids how to read and how all of a sudden history gets rewritten because of now these people are reading books and going this is not what happened and mm-hmm. how we should be looking at that from a different perspective and we're in vegas we're in Vegas where there's like bachelorette parties <laughs> happening. That's and ballsy I, though. That's ballsy. It was so great because I was just like, see, that's what you do. You buy, you get all that goodwill from them and they're eaten out of your hand. And then you go, now this is what I'm serving. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. It, it, and it, and it, every time I walk out there, I always will go, you know, I'm, I still have that little bit of, nervousness about should i do this should i talk about this and 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 audiences for the most part have been very accepting about it um but you know again i have to ask myself that i was in utah when i did i just did a dry bar special yeah I, how was know, it oh it's great it just came out i did it like a year and a half ago oh, oh my came goodness out. okay yeah so it took a long time to dry out <laughs> <laughs> but I was very, I was very cautious about talking about, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. It. In that in that community. But yeah, you shouldn't have to be. I know, and so it. I do, I do think though, you know, I always think like we shouldn't have to be, and I think we would succeed better if we were in places that felt there's no such thing as a safe space, but felt super supportive, so you get a little bit of that baseline where you feel just so bulletproof with it that then you switch gears. I remember, who was I talking to? An actor doing all these actor interviews with different amazing actors all throughout Ask Me Another. And whenever I talked to someone about their favorite project, they always said, you know what made that great is that the director and this is what created this space that we where there was so much trust and da, 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 that I felt like I could take any risk. And when I was able to take any risk, I found this like new new skill I had or new level of performance. And I think that like it, we kind of need that in standup, but it just doesn't exist. Well, you know, who gave that, <laughs> gave me that set? Well, Kathy, she was, you know, she managed yeah. me for a while. But when I did, uh, I did the uh, Carol Montgomery special and, and then yes. we went on tour with it after that. But Carol, the day we taped that show and I had asked her, even when she booked me, I said, listen, if for some reason you get shit from some of the other female comics, I will understand if you want to, you know, not have me on the show. I will. I, I, it'll, you know, I understand. And you know, Carol, Carol's like, fuck them. Oh, no, you're, you're my, you're, you're, you're a female. You're funny. You're going to be on my show. And she, that's why I love her. I mean, you know, and, and, and going on tour, she gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do up there. 
and it was what it was it was magical you know it's yeah. a great feeling to be that but that's what i mean for somebody like you i see i don't see you in a club i, I see you in a theater situa situation um let's just get those tickets sold and i'll never do a club again <laughs> i feel the same way I, I i would i would do theaters the rest of my life i love them i love them so yeah. much no um, problem is your yeah, son I funny i think so like i don't think uh he, I don't think he is at the point where he is doing, you know, 100% original material, but okay. every day he, he no loves, does. yeah, he, right. I know. It's, a lot of, it's, it's a lot of dick jokes. I'm just going to say <laughs> a lot of dick jokes, uh, but he loves his verse, seven-year-old version of wordplay. So he's constantly making up puns and then going, see what I did there. You know, so wow, you know, that's very yeah. advanced thinking. Even I mean, I know adult comics that can't do puns. That's well, really... when I look at the stuff he's reading, and he's reading a, I'm now going to brag. He's reading a little bit above his level. I just want to let everyone know that my son is <laughs> reading above his is. level. Of course, uh, he is. but the the stuff that they're reading is so much more advanced. I mean, we watched a cartoon last night, and I was like, this whoever's writing this is writing this for me. Not and I know that Charlie Brown was kind of like Peanuts was kind of like that, and even mm. Bugs Bunny when they weren't just sh putting rifles in each other's faces and shooting. Kill the wabbit! Kill the wabbit! Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of humor that was not for the kids. We had uh, we just taped a show with Billy West, who uh, from uh, oh yeah, uh, he was wonderful. But we uh, because of him, I had to go back and watch uh, Futurama. I had never seen it before, and. And I got to admit, I felt like I felt like the biggest asshole because I loved the show. It was so well written and so so, and so, so socially it had such a social conscience to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really good uh, stuff. And so I just felt like it was so sophisticated. I was like, it was, I yeah. sophisticated stuff to watch when I was a kid, like some yeah. of it, but a lot of it was not sophisticated. Yeah. I'm really? older than you. Watching Sesame Street, dreaming about, you know. I know. I was. I was like, "Oh, I hope there's something living in my garbage can." There is. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> there is. There's something living in my garbage can. There yeah. is. But thank God I have organic garbage bags to wrap it up and throw it out. That's sure. right. Exactly. Uh, so, all right. So let. Uh, let me. I, I, you 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 your this first is the book. ADD in action right here. This no, you know what it is. Like I always feel like we have we have these great guests, and you know we get to a certain point in the show, and I'm I'm looking in the guest's eyes, and I'm going, all right, is she fed up with being here? Does she just want to get out of here? Is it like a wedding or a funeral where they just I gotta go? You know, I got a cramp. I got to leave now. How long I do never I know. have to stick? How long do we have to stay? What's what, is it, how long do we have to go? All right. So you you screwing screwing everyone sleeping my way to monogamy. That's that's when did you write that? I wrote it. So it got published in two thousand and seven. I believe that's right. I don't know. I'm asking you. It's your book. Yeah. Yeah. I know okay. I always forget what it was published because <laughs> that was you know honestly I worked on those stories for years in different ways and then i actually put together a proposal and had an agent for a while who um yeah really worked with him for a long time and he really it was so clear in hindsight that he did not like what i wrote at all 
<laughs> so wow. there was no sale there and we went our separate ways, but it, it did such a number on my confidence that I thought I'll just, you know, that's that. And then at a, at a moth show, actually, I was, I think I was telling one of the stories and there was another agent, literary agent in the crowd. And she was like, oh, I wonder if this person has more stories and got in contact with me. And that person actually liked my writing and thought maybe we could put something together. And I worked on a proposal for a solid year, uh, like that huge marketing document. I was not fast and it took me a long time, but then it, she sold the book. So, so was it a compilation of short stories or is it, was it? So it does have a narrative arc from beginning to end, but yeah, it is, it is a whole, a, so it follows me through my life and, uh, ends at a, ends at a certain point, obviously, um, while I'm still alive. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's all my different like think how I growing up and how I started approaching love and what romance meant to me and I just because I didn't care about getting married and I didn't really think that there was the one out there. I just liked the company of people romantically. And so I thought, eh, I'll just, you know, yeah, I'll find the people and not care. Yeah, I know. I understand yeah. that. I, I get that. I, it, yes, because there's only so much of one person you could take. And then, you know, yeah, you just. And fun. Like it can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But and then it's not. Sleeping with people is fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then it's not. And then it's not. And I would yeah. fall in love. It's not like I, I, I had a lot of casual. Uh, relationships, but I would also fall in love. And it was also, I think like, you know, it was also a way I got my, my thrills. Like some people ride roller coasters. I would, you know, go out and find people to hang out with. I totally understand that. I, I went yeah. down that, that rabbit hole uh, many of <laughs> the time. I, I yeah. 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 I know. I, 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 now I find, you know how I do that, do it now. I just find people that are totally unattainable. And I fall in love with them until mm. I see the next one. And, and that person's totally unattainable. And, and it just, and it just, it satisfies me. That's all I need at my age. She'll say, yes. I'm going to marry Christine Baranski. Yes. And I'll say, does she know that? No. Well, I'll get around. To Not, yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I would, I, although I think I would follow through with Christine Peransky. I would, I would. See, she know. does this with a lot of people. No, I, what? I, I, all right. Well, enough I, about my I, sex life. Um, all right. So I, I think we've covered your entire life. We really, you did an amazing job. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel good. Thank you. I really no, do look up and read about people. I enjoy it. Yeah. We, we, we both love talking to you. Yeah. How about real life? We should try real life again. I think that would be wonderful. Well, well let's, uh, we should hang out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I, when you I are. Live, in, I live in Jersey. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, but I, so you have to tell me when you're in the city. I would come up anyway. Just if you said to me, hey, Jules, yeah. come on up. And I go, you know, little fear, I think I'm going to come up. Yeah. And I would have come lunch up. or something. All right. I think that would be so cool. I think okay. that would be very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, I, let's make that happen. I'd love that. So would I. Okay. Okay. Julia, this isn't even a show. Julia just does this to meet new people. That's right. Get friends on the hook for lunch. And when you when you go in the air anywhere tomorrow morning, I'm going to call Kathy up and go. You know, I think I love her. I think you know I'm going to marry. 
Okay. So, so we're going to wrap up. Do you want to, do you plug in anything that you want us to? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to listen to my new podcast, Parenting is a Joke, which Julia will be on sometime in the near future, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. You'll love it. Um, right now, the next episode is with Rachel Bloom, who you probably know from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in the Hulu series Reboot. Very funny. Very so. cool. Very, very cool. Well, I get, I gotta tell you, I didn't get to, we didn't get to know each other when we did the the Carol and I, you know, podcast. We kind of, you know, but this has been wonderful. I really. So, I mean, I feel I'm very flattered too. So, thank you. Oh, don't be flattered. We were thrilled to have you. Are you kidding me? Uh, so, like, it's thank a. You. All right. So, well, we're gonna we're gonna play us out. Jimmy should okay. have the music. Jimmy should have the music coming up, even as we speak. When he Perfect. hears me do it. Yeah, but he's probably eating a sandwich somewhere back in uh, Philadelphia where he is. So okay. if I keep talking, eventually the music will come up, but uh, not yet. So there we go. Thank you. Thank Super you. Great. Thank you. And just hang out and we'll talk after, after we go up. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. That's our original song.